0: There are two readings today. The first one's from Joshua 1, 7 to 9. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the Lord, law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful in whatever you do. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on day and night, on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I have not commanded, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Second reading is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 19. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench do not quench the spirit.
1: Tonight I'm going to offer you hope for your prayer life. Whose prayer life needs a bit of hope? Three on four, five, six honest people. I'm looking for honest people in the congregation. Whose prayer life needs a bit of help and a bit of hope? Come on. I don't think any one of us needs to. We're not like praying as much as we, um, as we might. I'm going to give you how to spend 30 minutes to refresh your soul through prayer. That's what I'm going to teach you to do tonight. I'm going to teach you to spend 30 minutes with God that can refresh your soul through prayer. So if we can have our first slide, please, that would be just awesome. Uh, life can be really busy. One of the things that really stops us being able to just spend time with God is that we're flat out. I've discovered that as you get older, what I was hoping for is that life would slow down and somehow I'm just as busy as I was when I was your age. Life is busy at your age and uh, life is busy at this age. Look at those people. They're happy parents. Don't ever take that on, Jess. They're, they're truly happy deep in their soul. It's just that their happiness is a little bit frazzled today. Probably that's just daylight savings or something like that. So there they are. Um and it's busy, it's busy and all the young parents in the place said yeah, it's busy then you think you get to my age and you think hey I will raise my children they will be off my hands and I won't be so busy and look what happens the children come back with grandchildren joy of joys and look here we've got the guy he's enjoying the grandchildren and the grandmother is being choked so there they are they're having a great time but life's still busy I'm amazed with the advent of because childcare is expensive not that they pay the childcare workers very much don't know understand all that cost you are bomb to put your kid in childcare not so much if you're the worker just a thought someone's making money and so what happens is pe- grandparents, in like never before, because we live in an expensive city, often it's, it's double incomes to pay the mortgage to get the things that you need to do. It's very expensive to just live and have your being. So like never before, grandparents in this country are stepping into a role of helping out and that's just the way that it is. I don't know if it's avoidable, but it just is. And so life's busy, even in your retirement, I know a lot of people who are retired and they're just as busy as they were when they are working. And of course, there's that one. Who can relate to that slide? Who can relate to the, oh my goodness, I've got something due? Has anyone got anything due soon? Anyone... <laughs> Hand straight up now. Let's have the, I've got something due soon. How many people think they're really well on track and totally on top of that and have got the whole thing nailed? How many people are that? Now, how many people was Simon? Wow. A bragger, down the front, sitting with me. How many people think they've got a whole lot of catch-up to play? All right, you know, I, see, I see a lot of hands out there. See, life is busy. So how with life is, is pressuring and busy, how can we get the time to pray? How can we spend 30 minutes to refresh our souls in prayer? Heavenly Father, as we think about that very topic, we pray that you would speak to us. May we get some takeaways from tonight. May we learn some stuff. May we understand that there may be some tools that we can grab from tonight that would make us more connected to you and a refreshed life in our spiritual world through prayer. Okay, so here we go. We're going to look at some things. The first thing is that this... I'm going to share a lot of this stuff out of my experience, but I'm also going to be sharing with you a model that has been proven amongst Christians for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It has been tested... It has been tried and it has been shown to be incredibly effective and it is used by many believers today. That's coming up in just a minute. I think sometimes with our prayer life, I, just, I think we need to prepare ourselves for our prayer life. I think we need to just learn to be still to find a place that you find calming. It can be at nature, it can be at home, it can be somewhere urban. Uh, I like I like water. When I wanna spend some substantial time with God, I like to be near water. I grew up on the northern beaches, so I naturally wanna gravitate to water. So uh, I've been, Lane Cove uh, is a beautiful place, a nice quiet spot. I've had quiet times with God at Palm Beach, at DY, at Manly. At Ferry Bower, and uh, we've, as a staff, just discovered the basin, so, um, not the basin, the, um uh Bob and Head, so I'm going to be going there and probably the Basin as well, that's where my son's going to get married in about a month's time, awesome so I just think you need to find still, if you've only got 30 minutes find somewhere close to home that you can just switch off and be in your quiet space, now that can, that's very different for people, when Adrian Tam was here, he used to, because he was a an inner city professional dude he used to like to go into the inner city and have a quiet space with God in the midst of a cafe that was full of people because he just liked the hum of people around him and he could find that he could switch off from the hum and just centre in God. That's awesome. I'm a guy that likes to get near water. Uh, Tim Walter, when he was here as our children's pastor, he used to head to the mountains. He's a country boy. So he's immediately going to go and find the quietest place that he can find. Adrian's an urban guy. He finds a busy place. I don't mind a bit of busyness because I can still focus in God, but where would be a place that you could find still that you feel at home? Where is that place for you that you could you could snatch 30 minutes and go, <sighs> might be at your place, might be a special room, might be a park. Where is that place? I want you to get that place in your head. Where could you steal 30 minutes and just feel good? Grab that thought and stick with that thought. That's an important one. Okay, so I think you need to become still. That's pretty hard. Learn to become quiet. Um I find breathing uh, deeply and slowly really helps. Um, just because I'm a bit of a sort of an antsy, anxiously kind of a guy, I actually find stop, <sighs> and I just like to start to slow my rhythm down. I was doing that once down near the armory. Of course, the armory's near water, so I was having my quiet space with God down there. And I was just sitting on the side, there was these great timber things and I was just sitting just facing the river and I was just getting really still before God. And a woman with a uh with a swag of little kids uh came back and she was like she was in the frantic stage. You got this, she's like the slide number whatever it was. She's in the frantic stage and as she sort of frantically walks past me, she says disparagingly towards me, she said, Oh, I wish I had time to stop and meditate like that. Huh and just kept going, wow, Wow! praise the Lord, thank you for that. Uh, he was in the frantic mode, so he needed to find some quiet space. So breathe deeply. I find that I need to have no radio or music on because I'm surrounded by noise all the time. I'm a noise guy. Uh, I've always got the radio on or I've got music on or I've got TV so I'm one of these guys to do that and whenever if I'm driving somewhere to have some space with God I have to stop myself because my my finger goes what's it going to press? It's going to press the radio on and honestly I'm not kidding I would go when I know I've made a decision I just want to enter this space quietly Hmm? I want to enter in silence so that God can speak to me I don't want a frantic revved up soul and mind I'm just going to enter that space and I catch myself literally my hands reaching out to the radio and I forget it and then I go oh it's all quiet and then the hand goes out like it's like it's like I wish you could just film it and say what is wrong with this guy it's like I've got a compulsive finger disorder and so I find that I find that I need to be still with God And then I need to become receptive towards God and I say, God, speak with me. Open up my heart. I truly want to receive from you. Open up my mind that I might think God thoughts. Open up my life so that I can shape it to be more like Jesus. And I want to hear your voice today. So that's what I want to do. Prepare yourself for prayer. And that might only take a a number of minutes uh, in your quiet space, wherever that may be. Here's another thing. All right, there's a thing called the examine. You will give one of these little cards. Grab your little card as you came in. Grab your little thingamajigger down the front. I think some musicians, if someone can run up the back and run down the front. Our band, of course, didn't get one because they were here from mid-afternoon, so we can have a helper. Kitty's on the job. Thanks very much, Kitty. Grab this thing. The guy that started this, his name was Ignatius Loyola. He was a Catholic guy, but a real God lover. And he started a movement called the Jesuits. Who's ever heard of a thing called the Jesuits? He began a movement called the Jesuits. And he was, he's been profoundly influencing prayer for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. People have found that the model that he put out for prayer is powerful and effective in every era. It's not... Just put back there in church history, it's good for the here and now. There are many versions of it, but this is a very solid uh, version of it. Uh, there are five things that he talks about. So you're in your quiet space, you know where that is, you've settled yourself down, you haven't got the radio on, you've not got the thing in the ears, it's not buzzing around, you're quiet before God, you've prayed, and here's a process. Um, and so you're going to be taking this away, by the way, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to do with that in a minute. He says just become aware of God's presence. So you're just sitting quietly. You're not immediately going blabber, 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 blabber to God, right? It's not we're going to this, blabber, blabber. You are getting still before God and you're opening up to listen, not just talk, listen to the little voice of the Holy Spirit. You become aware of God's presence because God's presence is within you. So expect to know and experience in your very self and even in your physical self that God is with you, he's around you, he's reflected, if you're in a quiet space like I am, I look out and I see the glory of God, God's fingerprints are all over his creation and if you see people they are the pinnacle of God's creation we bear the image of God and so when we see people we know that God's there we are created in the image of God everything around us is beautiful, God says behold it is very good and so we see God's fingerprints where everything reminds us of him and points us to him in our quiet space. We become aware of God's presence. We know the Holy Spirit is in us. We know that God's made everything around us and we know that he wants to talk with us. And the second thing is, he says it's very helpful to review your day, your week or your month. You might do this Uh, You might find some space to do this every day. You might find some space to do this once a week. You might find some space to do this once a month. But he talks about reviewing whatever that space is since you last did this with gratitude. Because what happens when we go to pray? Uh, What happens when we go to pray? We start the shopping list. How many people like to say, well, I've got some things to talk to you about, God. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And he's saying, no, 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 stop You've got so many blessings that have unfolded in your life, so many blessings that have unfolded in your life. Let's stop. And, uh, Loyola says we need to review our life with gratitude. If you stopped and thought in the last week, just in the last week, all the wonderful blessings that God's put in your life, all the great experiences, all the the wonderful things you've got to enjoy, all the conversations with people, all the wonderful things that God has placed in your life. And he says we need to develop an attitude of gratitude. And so he says that's very important to, to begin our time with God, with just being grateful for things. And as we do that, of course, we become aware of our feelings and the still quiet voice of the Holy Spirit starting to speak to us. And uh, one of the things that we find when we start to be still with God is that we get these distractions coming in. How many people go to prayer and then as soon as you think, I'm I'm actually going to stop... I'm actually going to do some praying. And how many people find as soon as they make that decision and go, okay, here we go, boom, something that's not related to prayer pops into their mind. How many people have got, it's like a pop-up ad, right? These are the pop-up ads that you get when you've you've opened up a browser and you want to get onto something. Pop-up ad, pop-up ad, pop-up ad. You're locked onto God's browser. Your modem is running. You're totally connected and you're getting all these pop-up ads. I'll tell you what to do when a distraction pops up. What I do is I've got all the essentials, I've got my Bible, I've got my notebook because I'm a journaler, I like to write things down that works for me. So I've got my journal, Um, I've got my Bible, I've got my journal and I've got a a, a piece of scrap paper sometimes and of course I've got coffee because this is the way, this is what I do. And so what happens is when something pops up, I write it down. I literally write it down so I'll deal with it another time because if I don't, I grab it and I park it somewhere on a piece of paper because what will happen is I'm trying to pray that will constantly be like a... You know those pop-up ads that you can't seem to get rid of and you can't block it? You you shut it down, it pops up again. Ever had those sort of things? It's like a virus. This is like a virus in your prayer life. Pop-up ad, pop-up ad, grab it and park it somewhere by writing it down and making the decision, God, I'm going to leave that there and I'm going to deal with that at a time when I've got the time to deal with it, but I'm not going to deal with it in the next 30 minutes. I'm going to spend that time with you. So as we come quietly before God and we still our mind, my mind when I stop is like a pinball machine that's going like this. So it takes me a little while to just... does My mind goes like a pinball machine. Become aware of the feelings within So, and the distractions. We're parking distractions and we're choosing, he says, choose one feature of your day or week or your month. So all the things that you've reviewed, focus in on one of the things that you've said with God and with gratitude or an area. And he just says, start to pray out of that. Whatever sort of rises to the surface as the prominent issue when you're sitting before God, start to pray out of that. And just speak to God, and God may guide you in all kinds of ways from that point. And then He says, as you're closing to that, realize that you're going to you're shutting, you're closing off this particularly formal way of praying with God. But you will be going. There'll be things that you need to do tomorrow. There'll be the busyness of tomorrow. There'll be the invasions of your life tomorrow. He said, start to pray tomorrow. Com- commit tomorrow to God in prayer, so that when you walk into tomorrow, you've already prayed about it. You've already sought God about it. You've asked God's blessing on whatever you're going to be doing. You've brought that before the Lord and he's there. You think, oh, I've prayed about this. I've given this to God. I know that it's, it's going to be okay. I'm going to just be able to be obedient here and trust God for the rest. So park the inevitable distractions and just get that on with God. It can be half an hour. You could use this method. It could take you half a day. It doesn't matter, just do it. And I'm going to encourage you to, to make a decision tonight that within, uh, tonight make a decision that you will set a date. You will set a time to, to grab a half an hour of holiness with God and just be before Him, and as you do that, you know there's some great promises. Expect the Holy Spirit to turn up. Expect the Holy Spirit to work. In, in, expect God to be doing and talking to you. Here's some great. Here's some great scriptures. Expect God to be very present in that space. Expect the Holy Spirit to comfort you. The Scripture says, "Indeed, we felt we had received." And this is an apostle speaking. This isn't just some lame, hopeless Christian that's just so pathetic you'd expect him to be like feeling like this this is the probably one of the most dynamic men in the entire bible he says indeed we felt that we have received the sentence of death but this happened why so that we might not rely on ourselves but on god who raises the dead Uh, i believe that we're filled with pain most of the time There's, there's there's parts of our life that are painful and I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to comfort us in that and what he wants us to do is he wants to turn our areas of suffering into areas of surrender he wants to take our areas of suffering and he wants to turn them into areas of surrender he wants, to sur- he wants us to surrender the areas we are suffering to his will to work them out to show us that he is in control. So we surrender our sufferings. We receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit that who will say to us, I've got this. I'm going to be with you, even in the valley of the shadow of death. And of course, the Holy Spirit's going to bring conviction He might convict you very strongly about an attitude or an action that you need to take or a relationship that you're out of sorts with. And he might talk to you strongly about that or even in a good relationship, how to strengthen it even more. When he comes, he will prove to the world to be uh, in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit comes and he convicts the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And he does that in our life and he works us over. I was once having a prayer time I was down at d y and god um, God was really convicting me and i just i 'm pretty open in these days i don 't necessarily come with a big agenda I certainly don 't come with lots of Bible that I can read to God and speak at him all the time. I do that all day long. So I just came and I was really open. It was very interesting. As I reviewed my life in prayer, and I used a special method for doing that, and I'm happy to share that with you one day. As I reviewed my life in prayer and prayed about my family, I just felt that the Holy Spirit was saying, do you, do you uphold your vows with as much passion as you did in 1979 when you made them to my wife? And as I, so I wrote the, I wrote the marriage vows out. Good to remember your marriage vows, you newlyweds. So I wrote my marriage vows out and I said, God, speak to me out of that. You know, am I that sort of a person? And I was praying about that and I couldn't shake it. So I drove from DY to Manly and I I camped at the end of the corso there, the walkway just before the, the ocean. And you can get the theme of how I do retreats. And I, I was just praying over that God, to, what is it, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, as long as they both shall live. And as I was praying about that, and I'm thinking, wow, God's really, whew, this is, God's really doing some things. He's really keeping this present. As I thought about that, some two. Elderly, beautiful people from our church walk past who love each other passionately and spent 58 years of marriage together. And I buried Jan Wrigley earlier this year. And uh, Colin and Jan Wrigley, just of course, what were they doing midweek walking through the Corso at Manly? It was a divine appointment by God. God had somehow engineered the fact that I'd be sitting in a certain place and two of the most godly um, vow-keeping people that you could ever meet in our church, Colin and Jan Wrigley, Uh, Walk past and Jan was pretty frail at this stage and as they walked past God said see that is exactly what I'm talking to you about you live like that you love like that you go right through to the end and when things get hard and the health of your partner goes down stand up and be a man love like that love like passion stay in there stick with it and uh, love your wife like you did so many years ago continue to do that and so God was working me over my vows and he literally he sent people from my church who I know and who I've revered Their 58 years of marriage together they walked straight past me and the Holy Spirit said hello expect God to speak to you if you're quiet and you say God speak to me expect God to speak to you somehow could be through a scripture this is what he often does with me I'll bring a scripture I've always got my Bible there he might quicken a scripture I don't bring passages to read it God because you know I, God might quicken a scripture to me so make sure you're getting scripture in your life how can God quicken a scripture to you if it's not in your heart how can God quicken a scripture to you if it's not in your mind it's not going to happen Study the scripture. Saturate your life in scripture. Saturate your life in scripture. Read, 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 and then reread. Saturate your life in scripture. And then the Holy Spirit can pick one of those things out and, and bring it to mind. The Advocate... It's like a solicitor, uh, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. He will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Expect the Holy Spirit to remind you of the things and teachings in the person of Jesus, a scripture, a word, or even a song. Expect God to guide you, clarify a path for you, show how to respond in a relationship or a situation, John 16, 13. But when he, the Holy Spirit, of truth comes, he will guide you into the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. We need guidance. We stuff our our life up because we make decisions that have not been first surrendered to God and we just do what we think is the fair thing at the time. And because we have not surrendered our lives to God completely, we make decisions and we get damaged in the process. We don't make God-honouring decisions. All the things that need to, we're deciding in life need to be brought before God and surrendered to him. Therefore, we want to make God-guided, God-approved decisions. Um, most important, and God, you know, how to respond in, you know, God, guide me in this impossible relationship or whatever it is I'm in, show me and expect the Holy Spirit to bring to mind the way that you're going to do that. And he's done that, you know, in a number of times when I've been praying, the relationships uh, that I've been talking about, I've been really struggling with, God has just again and again and again showed me the way ahead. What's my part in this relationship? I can't change another person but I can change me in this relationship and that can change the relationship. And expect the Holy Spirit to give you some insight, some insight, a breakthrough in understanding, a perspective to see things from another's point of view or another point of view. For this reason also, since the day we've heard about it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you might be filled with knowledge of his will. That's what we want. We want to know what God wants for our life. Then we need the faith to do it because the Father always knows best. We don't not cease to pray for you and ask that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is what the Holy Spirit will bring into your prayer life if you're courageous enough to open up and to ask him for that. And so what we need to do is we just need to start doing it find that time so grab this this we're going to start some application right now grab this now if you've got your if you've got your purse or your wallet grab your purse or your wallet right now if you've got one with you if you haven't got one with you and you've got your phone with you take a photo of it straight away grab it and put it in your purse this is this is business card size it will sit right behind wherever. I want this to be in your wallet or in your purse or take a photo of it because then wherever you are, you can just grab it and go through these five things, spend 30 minutes, revitalize your prayer life with God, pull this out, put it right behind your bank card or something like that. So you know where it is. You're always touching your bank card and then you're there. Oh, there it is. Haven't done that yet. As you pull your bank card out to go and swipe something, you go, Oh, there it is. Oops. Haven't done that yet. It'll be a little reminder from the Holy Spirit that you should do this and, and spend thirty minutes with God. Revitalize your life. It might take you half an hour. You can spend half a day if you want to. It doesn't matter. Just start. Refresh your life with God by stopping, by opening it up, by asking God to speak to you. He will do that, and to get that connection. Keep the modem connected to God. The Bible says pray continually. Just know that you're always connected through Jesus and you can start the conversation with God anytime. He's waiting to listen to you. God is waiting to listen to you. He's wanting to speak to you gently through the Holy Spirit, or through Scripture, and guide you into life of joy and purpose and peace, to know his will to have his wisdom, to make right decisions so that you'll be prosperous all your life. Good thing to do. As the band comes up, I'm going to pray that we would be doing that. Heavenly Father, as we grab this little tool that's been effective for hundreds of years, the Christians have tested it and it's worked. They still test it and it still works. This is just a marvellous little tried and true pattern that we can take into our lives. Lord, help us to learn to spend on a regular basis, whatever that looks like for us, 30 minutes that can refresh our soul in you. Help us, Lord, to make a decision about where we're going to do that and when we're going to do that, and help us to carry that through in the name of Christ. Amen.